Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. All right, good morning. Wow, what a great morning, huh? Really? I thought it was a little better than that. Has it been a great morning? There we go. Find out where I'm at here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's my daughter, Jocelyn. Proud dad moment. You know, it's really valuable learning to tithe at a young age when you're first starting out because it's a lot easier to tithe $63 than $6,300. Not that I'm tithing 6300 but people are. <laughs> it's a lot easier to write that check than it is to do the bigger checks. And it's starting small. And as we grow, we start getting conditioned to the way of the Lord. And then when we're older, we're not even questioning. Of course, this is what I do. And it's not hard. We know why we do it. So, hugely valuable. And then the process of repentance, too. I mean, how cool is that? It's good stuff. Um, yeah, as Lauren shared... Uh, we are um, been talking about a season of alignment, and uh, uh, you know the 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 the, the, the alignment when the when the when the Lord comes along and, and brings a plumb line to our life, and He says, "Hey, remember you used to think like this. Let me adjust you to the proper way of thinking in terms of how you thought about this, whether it's tithing or whether it's you know." how you treat your wife or how you speak or whatever it is. When the Lord comes along, that's, that's not a season. We know this? Like, it's been encouraging. We've been going after this as a body because we got a word from Paul Manwaring, you know, almost a year ago that said the season of building uh, is upon you. And it had to do with uh, the plumb line being in the, lines, in the hands of uh, Zerubbabel and coming and saying it's time to build upwards. And, uh, and then he instructed us, you know, hey, revisit the foundations because there's things that are in different rooms. For those of you who don't know, we've been in different locations for a lot for over the years. And we had, he said, there's different things in different locations that are meant to be in this foundation. And so we spent a good chunk of 23 really mining that word and discovering what are the things that are in our foundations that have been in our past and our history that are meant to come with us. And discovering some things that aren't meant to go with us. Like, oh, there's things in our foundations that shouldn't be here. And so this has been a little bit of our journey in 23. And then in October-ish, uh, you know, felt this like, if, if the season of building upward is upon you, then learning what, you know, the principle of how a plumb line works, works according to gravity. So there's principles that cause the building to be possible. Should I say it again? There's principles. There's, there's, there's uh, laws of nature that allow this building to stand, right? The build the wall, all these beams and, and uh, you know, all the things. I don't talk construction with you. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's laws and physical laws that are allowing it to stand. When we build in the spirit, it's imperative that we learn the spiritual laws so that what we build can stand. 
And that's the alignment. That's the things that we have to come into the way he thinks, because he thinks higher than we do. He, 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 his ways are not our ways. We learn that to get hungry, you have to eat, you have to feed yourself. Like, to get hungry, you have to eat. If, I wanna get, uh, if you want to hunger for the Lord, start reading your Bible. Don't wait for the hunger to read the Bible. That's not how it works in the kingdom. We have to get hungry, we have to feed ourselves. So the ways of the kingdom are, are opposite. We give in order to receive. We just saw that demonstrated. We don't give to receive. It's just how it works in the kingdom. I don't give so that I can get. I give because it's who I am, because I'm made in the likeness and image of my Father, who is the generous one. And the result is the way it works in the kingdom is freely you get received and freely you give, and it reciprocates. Because that's the way, it's a principle or a law of the spirit. So we've been mining this for a couple months of like, what are these, you know, ways of alignment? I think what Blake did for three weeks in a row and attached to one of his previous messages on honor, which is kind of all part of the same message, was imperative when it comes to how do we show up in the world today? If you didn't hear it, I want to encourage you to hear it. You probably need to hear it over and over because it's so in-depth. How do we show up in the world? How do we be who we're supposed to be in the world? And, 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 and even with the way the kingdom works and the way God views our, our assignments. And it looks like honor. It looks like how we view our governmental system, politics. It looks like how we view and how we think and see all has to be aligned to the way the kingdom works. Otherwise, what we build will be into our own effort and it won't be sustainable. Because if we're building kingdom, you know, what does it say? The earth will shake and, and, and it'll all be burned, but what will be left standing? The kingdom. So if we start building kingdom today, I'm not afraid if fire burns it up. I'm not saying fire will. I'm just saying if, if that's the, you know, the way you think. If, but if that even is the way we go, if you build kingdom, then what we build will stand because we build kingdom. But it has to be built according to his ways and the way he thinks and the way the kingdom functions and the laws of the spirit, not according to the laws of man or the laws of the way we think or even society. Okay? So you should recap. So if you didn't get all that, you probably got a good 12 months of stuff to catch up on. <laughs> if, if the recording's recorded because a couple of them didn't, we're sorry about that. Um, if you could turn to Ezekiel 47... <clears throat> I felt to talk about aligning ourselves with our purpose. It's interesting how we've been highlighting a lot of the shift. I felt really, you know, um, affirmed even with what I've been feeling in my spirit with what Blake went after during the transition of it's a shift. This is a shift. And even the message I was going to speak got changed yesterday about four in the afternoon. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, oh, are we ready for this message now? This feels a little soon. But it felt like, oh, no, this is actually part of a, a shift in who we are at Bethel Atlanta and what we're doing, what we're going after. And, uh, and, and it has to do with uh, assigning, aligning ourselves with our, our purpose. What we're doing. Like, like <laughs> I was in a business meeting the other day, and the, and the guy was sharing a testimonial. And it was kind of funny because he was like, you know, talking about an encouraging word, 
he was kind of giving an encouraging little inspiration word, but he said, what are we doing here? And I could feel the room kind of get into this like, oh, I don't know, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like this moment of like, wow, I haven't asked myself this, but what are we doing here? What is our purpose? And I feel like the Lord's uh, 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 shifting us. You know, Lauren and I were sp- talking a week or two ago, and, and she just said, you know, it's t- we're dreaming into 24, and she said, it's, t- it's time we touch our city. It's time we touch our city. Like, we, we, can, we can wait until we're ready, and then we'll keep waiting because we won't be ready. Or we can start actively going after it now and letting ourselves grow along the way. Because if we're waiting for ourselves to grow into a point where we're like, okay, now you're a mature Christian and you're ready to do the works how many of you know that just never happens because we're the, the, the goal is to be like Christ? And we're not going to get there. <laughs> not in this lifetime. But that is our in, in, in long pursuit, which is why the, 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 the uh, season of alignment is our life. Like we're constantly being aligned into the way he thinks. That's what reigning in life is. Did you know that? That's governing our life. If I'm going to govern my life, I'm governing, I'm deciding what I'm going to think, I'm deciding what I'm going to behave, I'm deciding the way I'm going to see. And all that comes into alignment when the Lord brings his correction and and I repent and change the way I think and see and believe and behave according to the way he is. That's reigning in life. We We have a call in the house to reign in life. But we also have a call in the house to restore cities. And that's what we're called to do is restore the city, to touch the city, to bring the kingdom of heaven. As Luke 17 says, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Hmm. Like, we're not waiting to get there. You've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light when we got saved. Like, that's past tense. That happened. We are now within the kingdom of light. You're citizens of heaven. You are no longer, you're aliens to this world. You are no longer citizens of the earth, but you're citizens of heaven. You've been seated with him in the heavenly places. In Ephesians it says, that's past tense. You have been seated with him in heavenly places. When we gave our life to the Lord, the great exchange, he gave us life. But that life transferred us into the kingdom. And now it says, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Which is why, you know, Jesus' first words out of his mouth uh, uh, when it came time for him uh, starting his ministry was uh, repent, change the way you think and see because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right in front of you. That's another message. We'll get on to this one. Um, so I'm gonna, I want to kind of talk a little bit about the heartbeat that the Father has over creation and over us and the, over the earth. And, and the intent of how we're meant to operate and function as we co-labor with that. Say it like that. So we're going to read uh, Ezekiel 47. I'm just going to read this. I'll springboard off of this, and then we're going to go through a bunch of different scriptures. <clears throat> Ezekiel 47, 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the house, and this is the temple. And behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east, for the house was faced east. And the water is flowing down from under, from the right side of the house, and from south of the altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on, on the outside of the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. 
When the man went out toward the east with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits from the temple. And as he reached through the water, the water was now reaching to his ankles. Again, he measured another thousand cubits and led me through the water. And after reaching it now, the water's up to his knees. Again, another thousand, and he led me through the water, and the water's now reaching his loins. Again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not ford, for the water had risen enough to, to, for a water, to, water had risen enough to swim in, a river that could not be forded. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river there were very many trees on the side and on the other side. And he said, These waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabah, which is the desert area. Uh, then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea, and the waters of the sea become fresh. That word is also translated healed. That the waters that go into the sea now become healed. He will become, he, it will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. And there will be many fish, for these waters go there, and the others come, become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. And it will come about that fishermen will stand in it from En Gedi to Eng... I don't have the pronunciation, I'm sorry, that other word. There will be a place for the spreading of the nets. Their fish will be according to their kinds, like the fish of the great sea, very many. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. By the river on its bank, on the one side and on the other, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves shall not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month because their water flows from the sanctuary and their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. All right. A lot. A lot there, right? <clears throat> well, well, I'm going to springboard off of this and reference it back. The gist of it is from the temple, the waters flow. And the further away it gets from the temple, the deeper it gets. And everywhere the water goes, everything that touches it lives. Yeah? Imagine you're in the temple. It was pretty deep up here this morning. Is it this where it's supposed to be the deepest? Hmm. The water leaves the temple. And the further away it gets from the temple, the deeper it gets. And everywhere it touches, everything lives. I want to propose you're in the river and the river. Because out of you springs forth rivers of living water. Everywhere you go, everything could live. Could. Does it? Depends on how much we're getting in alignment. We'll get there. You're getting ahead of myself already. Um, so... God's heartbeat over creation since the beginning has been restoration and reconciliation. Did you know this? Genesis 2, Adam and Eve get the mandate to be fruitful and multiply, take dominion of and subdue the earth. Like you have the garden. Now reproduce this garden living across the globe. They were co-laborers with the father from the beginning, the original 
mission, mandate, vision, desire, dream, call it whatever you want to call it. The original, this is what you're assigned to go do, was to reproduce. Blake, you're killing it. You're doing a great job. He's got five kids. He's <laughs> nailing the first one. <clears throat> reproduce and, and be fruitful and multiply and then take dominion of, which, you know, I'm not getting too deep into this message, but like, it's not dominion the way we'd think of. It means to cause it to come under your influence, not to make it your servant. And if it's to come under my influence, I actually serve it, which is a leadership message. We're not getting into that one either. But to cause it to come under your influence, to reproduce, to co-labor with the Lord in creating the Garden of Eden to reproduce across the globe. This is, this is the original, this is his heart. Make the earth look like heaven. We hear it later in the New Testament. Um, his heartbeat is to restore, you know, after the fall, his heartbeat is to restore all of, of the earth and reconcile all mankind to himself because it all fell. Death was entered into the world because of the fall in the garden. Not just man, but the whole world, all creation. Okay, you guys with me? And so his heartbeat has always been, it doesn't matter, you can pick a hero in the Bible and there's a story that, that reflects his heart to restore either the earth or bring, re reconcile his people back to himself. I mean, it's the story of Israel all through the whole Testament, Old Testament, but it even extends beyond that. It's Joseph, as he goes in, gets uh, into Egypt, goes into bondage and slavery, and then gets promoted. And then who experiences the benefit of Joseph's favor with God? Egypt and Israel, future Israel, Joseph's line, Abraham and all of them come. They, they, they experience salvation from a famine, but so does Egypt. Because his heart is for restoration. His heart is for reconciliation. His heart is to save. It's, you know, you heard Blake share the story about Jonah in, in Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he knew that if he did, Nineveh's going to repent. And it was going to work out okay for them. But Jonah had the heart, like, no, there's justice that needs to take place. But his heart was that Nineveh would be restored. It's Isaiah 61. We know this is our hallmark verse at Bethel Atlanta, that, that you know, the oaks of righteousness... We become oaks of righteousness, and then we restore ruined cities. It's Nehemiah who, who gets called back to uh, uh, Judah to rebuild the walls. And it wasn't about rebuilding the walls. It was rebuilding Israel, rebuilding Jerusalem. It was rebuilding the temple. Zerubbabel ends up coming in with him and rebuilding the temple years later. Like, this is all attached. It's all the same story of him reconciling the, the humanity or Israel back to himself and restoring the ruined cities and being rebuilt. It's mankind co-laboring with the Lord and seeing his kingdom built and his desires and his dreams for the earth. It's Daniel showing up <laughs> in Babylon. And who experiences the, 
the, the fruit of the favor of God on Daniel's life, the Babylonians. And you heard Blake do an amazing job sharing this story about Daniel serving a wicked king, the results, the love that he carried for this king. But this is his heartbeat, the Lord's heartbeat. See, it's not just for Israel, but it was also for Babylon. I know. We know Matthew 6, you know, this is, uh, again, a, a, a cornerstone verse for us as a Bethel culture that uh, Jesus said, pray. When you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On the earth as it is in heaven, which is just shattering the premise that we're waiting for heaven. We're just saved to get to heaven rather than being co-laborers to build the kingdom on the earth. Romans 8, it says for the, in 8, 819, for the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the, uh, for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be set free from its slavery to corruption and into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Anybody, you guys know this verse? Creation's waiting, eagerly, groaning. What's it waiting for? Us. What's it waiting for us to do? Figure it out. (laughs) It's waiting for us to figure it out. It's waiting for us to set it free. Should I read it again? Creation was subjected to futility. It was subjected to death. Back at the fall, like I just mentioned a minute ago. Back at the fall, death entered the world. Mankind, creation, all of it. The globe. Creation itself was subjected to death. Jesus came and set us free. Creation's still waiting. Why? Because creation was subjected to futility, not willingly because of he who subjected it, the Lord, in hope that the creation itself would also be set free from its slavery to corruption and into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole of creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. Paul says in Romans, you know, however many A.D., until now. Now is the time. Then. Now is the time for creation to be set free into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. God's heart and desire and narrative over humanity and the globe for all of time has been restoration and reconciliation. It's been building and reproducing. And and, and (laughs) I'll hear, this is going to... Well, I'm going to go over here. Uh, I hear, I'll hear people like, well, it's all going to burn up anyway. I'm like, well, maybe. I'm not sure how that plays out. We thought the rapture was going to happen too. We see how that played out. Ooh. <laughs> remember 1969? You remember, right? Late great planet Earth. Rapture's coming. Jesus coming. Clothes folded up by our bedside. 
was not meaning to get into eschatology here, but we are. <laughs> so, like, like, I don't, is it going to burn up? Sure. Maybe, maybe not. If, even if it does, what we build when we build kingdom will stand because it will stand within the flames. So let's not wait until the, some by and by millennia to do good. We should be co-laboring with the Lord now. Because if we go back and look, the earth, you, people, God had an idea and a dream. <laughs> his, the God of the universe, the God of all creation, his best idea he came up with was this. That's not meant derogatory. That means like, this means something. If this was his best idea, then this is the best. <laughs> and he has a dream to see something fulfilled. And all through the whole time of beginning of existence has been his desire and passion to see restoration of the earth and reconciliation of mankind back into himself. This is, this is the, ah, this is the alignment, isn't it? This is the goal. This is the plan. When we build kingdom, it's not building unto ourselves. It's not to build my ministry or my empire. I'm definitely getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> it's with the heartbeat that God gets what his full reward is. Jesus gets his full reward. God gets his full dream, which is to see all of mankind reconciled unto himself and the earth restored. And built, that we can go back to a garden living and build the kingdom. <clears throat> the time is now. You guys, the world needs the touch of a loving father. The world needs, the people you work with need the touch of a loving father. They need to be seen by a father and a mother. They need to be valued. They need to be loved. They need to be experienced. A, a, a love and, 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 a, and a, 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 an encounter that's not of this world. You are citizens of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is within you. You sit in a place where you can deliver something the natural world has no, no capability of delivering. And it's called love. It's called, it's called heaven. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kind. It's, there's, 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 it's the spirit. It's the spirit realm invading the natural realm. And it happens through you. Where rivers of living water flow. And everywhere you go comes to life. Everywhere we go, everything we touch, every person we meet, the, the ideal goal would be that they experience heaven because it's in you and you've stewarded it and come into alignment. We'll get there. You've been called ministers of reconciliation, it says in Corinthians 5. You see, freely give away what has been given to you Let's go to Corinthians 5. He wants to partner with you to carry out his eternal purposes in the earth. We get caught up in our own... I'm getting ahead of myself again. I just want to talk. <clears throat> I 
<clears throat> Corinthians 5, 18. We know, that, we know 17, right? This is like another hallmark verse. Therefore, anyone is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us, us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God himself was in Christ, reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and then has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are, we are representatives of Christ. He's given us a ministry of reconciliation. You know what reconciliation means here is um, it actually means, let me see where I wrote it down here. I want to make sure I say it the way. I wrote it. Let's see, where are we at? Somewhere. Ah, really? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what it means. It means uh, uh, favor, uh, reconciled me, restored favor with God. You see, at the fall, we fell out of favor with God. Jesus came and reconciled the world back to himself and has given us, believers, the ministry of reconciliation to restore the, the world back into the favor of God. You know how it's going to happen? Not by telling them they're wrong. It's going to happen by you extending the favor that has been extended to you to them. The same favor that has been extended to you because you were wrong too. We now freely have received, so let's freely give. We give away what's been freely given to us. And the favor, we extend favor to all mankind. That's hard to hear, I know, because there's an internal justice piece inside of us. It's like, no, but it's not right. They need to know the truth. They do, and I promise, if your truth doesn't come in love, then it's going to come in. Uh, 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 then it's going to come in. Yeah, it'll come in judgment, but it's going to. Uh, it's not going to. It's not going to. It's not going to draw. It's going to. Uh, what am I saying? Repel. Thanks. It's not going to draw. It's going to repel. It says, "Speak the truth in love." Yeah, this is, this is a deep message. We're, we're going to, like, touch on some mountaintops here. Because the whole concept of love is very deep in that if you, you can't, let's say it like this, you can't give away what you haven't experienced. Right? If we haven't experienced the love of a father that has restored us back to life, and I don't mean just saying the prayer, because we can be saved, say the prayer and be saved, but still not actually experience the transformation that needs to take place. It's the transformative life that actually allows us to bring transformation to people. I, 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 mm. Okay, how do we do this? Let's start. Let's do this. How are we going to do this? First thing first, you got to give your life. <laughs> you got to give your life. Your life's not your own. Our life is not our own. The Apostle Paul gave his life. It was not his own. Jesus gave his life. It was not his own to decide what to do with. Ooh, I know. Paul wanted to go to Asia and preach a message, but, the gods, but God said, no, I've called you to the Gentiles. You're going to stay put. Even Jesus, in his moment, well, if you can let it pass. I know this ain't how it's going to go down, but I'm letting you process. And I'm letting you into what's happening inside of me. 
But that's not, that's not what he, his life was not his own. Our life is not our own. We have to lay our lives down. We give our life. We, we, that means our dreams, our ideas, our thoughts, our doctrine, our idea of, again, our idea of eschatology and how it's going to play out. We give everything. Everything. How I raise my kids, how I parent, how I'm a husband, how I lead, how I do business, how I'm an employee. Everything. Everything is on the altar. No thing gets to stay held back from the altar because he who decides to save his life shall lose it. Twelve people were empowered to change the world and the one who tried to save his life lost it. The ones that gave it up. Here we are today because of it. Our life is not our own. Two, we have to be with him. It, you know, in <clears throat> we'll, we'll hop over to Acts 4 real quick. You're going to go with me, Acts 4.13 if you want. Now they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were educated, uneducated and untrained but they were amazed and began to recognize as them as having been with Jesus. <laughs> it's not enough to know him, about him. We have to have been with him. I can't regurgitate truth. I have to be the truth, known and read by all men, written upon my heart. I, I, that comes from the uh, experience of encountering him face to face in Corinthians 3. Right, It says that we all, with unveiled faces, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image and are being brought from glory to glory. It's, it's being with him that is the power that brings an undi- a dying world to the saving knowledge and experience of a good father, a good loving father. That speaks truth. With so much love and grace, we must be recognized as having been with him. We can't tear off down the world on our own ministry. We'll be building unto ourselves. We must be with him. Luke 24, 32, you know, the guys are walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus shows up. You're familiar with the story? And he's talking with them and unveils all this truth. They didn't know who he was. And then all of a sudden they recognize him and boom, he's gone. And the first words out of their mouth was, did not our hearts burn within us when we heard him speak? This is our marker. That we would have been with him to the degree that when we speak, that spirit to spirit that's happening. Because we intellectually will not win. We do not want to win anybody to Christ or change the world on an intellectual basis. Because it will only, it will miss the component of the spirit, which is the peace of the whole existence. <laughs> it's, it's not a decision because I made, I, this is me. I got saved at 13 because someone said heaven or hell. I'm like, well, that's a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, I want to go to heaven. I spent 12 years not living in a life of power because I didn't realize the spirit was a real thing. And then when I got experience, I got born again again, 
right? And all of a sudden, boom, had an encounter. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was real. I didn't know this existed. And the life that I read in the pages is now possible. And I watched it happen in my life because of the transformative work of the, power of the cross, of what Jesus did on the cross, and me now walking in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a, a relationship with the Lord where he's constantly bringing me into alignment and repentance. That I become like him because I see him, I change the way I think, and I become like him. And this process of being transformed is what walk, allows us to walk in such a power that the world can be transformed by us. That where we walk, the rivers of living water show up and everything comes to life. Not because I'm spewing the truth that I read in the Bible, but because I'm walking with the truth I know as a father. So this process, <clears throat> number three, we got to become like him. This is reigning in life. This is, I got to govern my life. I, I, I actually got to go on this journey where I change. This is a surprise. It's, it's a surprise to me every time it happens. I'm like, I'm growing. I got to change again. I hate this. It's so annoying. And yet it's the very process that allows his transformative power to show up in my life. For it caused me to become more like him that allows me to walk in such a way that brings impact in, 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 to, to the people around me. Not because I have great words to say in Revelation, but because there's a lifestyle and a history that shows up because I've walked with him. So we have to become like him. That's character. It's Joseph showing up and not succumbing to Potiphar's wife. When every man in the room would have had a harder time than that, I would bet. I would bet it would be hard. And we would say, nah, it'd be good for me. And I don't know. Put yourself there. But his character withstood. And the result is Egypt is saved. Like, character's a big deal. And it's, it's not something we just, like, talk about. It's something that gets <laughs> forged in the fire. It's what gets forged in the fire. It's what got forged in that fire. It's not something we're just like, yeah, okay, I've done this and done that. No, it's when you've lived life and you've gone through, you know, a situation and you've come out the other side and you've stood in the character and the morals and the, and the, uh, 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 the ways of Jesus that it gets forged into your nature and your DNA of heaven starts showing up in the earth. And it's unlike what the world has seen or known. It's Daniel not bowing to uh, false gods. It's him not eating the food. And you heard Blake share about that. It's him standing in, in, that, in, a, in the character of those things. It's us being on this alignment lifestyle journey where we're, we're constantly growing and experiencing him more. We be with him. We become like him. We change. Like we have to change. He doesn't. We do. And as we grow with him... We become like him. Then we can give away what we have, have fought for. Yeah, then we can give away the victories we've, we've, we've won. Then we can give away the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. When I went, I went through a divorce, and, and I, when I remember experiencing, like, just distraught, depression, all the things. And I remember crying out to the Lord, what do you want me to do? And he says, I just want you to love her. And, and, I, and I made the choice to love her and to be obedient to what I heard the Lord say. And I felt the peace 
come over me that I could have, do not understand. It didn't make sense. I, 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 could, I could smile. I had hope. And going through at that time was probably the most painful experience in my life. And I had such peace that, that, that I just didn't understand it. But you see, once you've gone through that and have experienced him like that in his nature, I now can give it away. We don't give it away because we just have an idea. I mean, it's great. You're being obedient to the Lord. The Lord can do all things. So we're not saying that. But there's a peace that requires us to co-labor with him and walk this journey. That he says, be ye transformed. As Bill would say, transform people, transform culture. It's, it's not because we have great ministries. All right. Yeah, I know. I'll get there, John. <laughs> Four. We grow in our giftings and our talents. We go after passions, dreams. We go after anointings. Look, you're, all those things of you is your unique, the unique expression that the Lord wants to show himself off through. That's the unique facet of God that you would read in Ephesians 3. The unique facet of God that he wants to be on display comes through your individual unique passions, desires, all the things that you want to go after. This is all the stuff that we know well of, right? We champion this. Go after your dreams. That's an amazing gift. Grow in that gifting. You've got an anointing on that gifting. You should go after that. This is all great, but I tell you, <laughs> this is when your given life is tested. I'll say it again. Remember the first thing we did, your life is not your own. This is when it's tested because now all of a sudden I start walking in anointing. Ooh, man, I can lay hands on the sick and they recover. I got a ministry on my hands. I can do something amazing with this. And we want to grow it and build it. And we build a, a ministry out of my giftings or my talents or my anointings or my dreams. Do you know how many dreams I've had to lay down at the altar over the years? Simply because they were my dreams and not his. And we're in a house that preaches, go after your dreams. Because going after your dreams is amazing, but you still can't see what he can see. And at some point, you're going to have to adjust. And if you don't, you'll jump off the train and you'll build the thing. And you'll build it to your own. This, this is the, where the given life is tested. Can I hold all the amazingness that the Lord has actually put inside and deposited in me and watch it come to the surface and still lay it down at any moment? Yeah, right. And still have the given, my life is given to him. It's not my own. All the gifts. Because all of them, even all the things that we know and, and preach and grow in, in the, the dreams and passions, all the things, all of it's for the sole purpose that the world comes into encounter with the Father. Your gifting of healing is so that the world can get a touch from heaven and experience the love of a father. If it's not done in love and it's done because I'm getting a notch on my belt, I'm missing the love of the father and reconciling back to the favor of God. That's the goal. My ministry as a business owner or, 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 or my anointing as a business owner or my anointing in, in dream interpretation or the prophetic or fill in the blank, all of it is for the sole purpose of reconciling the world back to the Father. That they would experience the love and touch of a good God. This is where it's tested because you may find yourself... Now I'm calling you to this. I'm like, well, I gave my life to this. He says, no, you gave it to me. 
5 kind of meshed into that same thing, your call, your unique assignment. Jesus had a unique call to go to the cross. Paul had a unique call to go to the Gentiles. Joseph had a call to Egypt. Daniel had a call to Babylon. They didn't choose those. In fact, there were slavery involved. There was a lot of, they were forced into it to some degree. Five, pay attention to your favor. Because your favor will, 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 will give you insight into where. If, you're, if your call and your giftings are the what, the favor gives you insight into the where. When you experience favor with man and favor with God, there's an invitation to show up and, and, and release the kingdom of heaven that's within you. Release the living, waters of living water so that the people around it would experience life and life abundantly. The time is now. It, the water's meant to get deeper the further away we get from here. It's meant to be deeper the further away we get. What that looks like is you in your office. <laughs> that looks like you in your Starbucks. That looks like you in your, in your neighborhood, in your block. It looks like the friends and people you hang around with. It looks like the, uh, uh, your family that you have. It looks like your, your places of influence, the grocery stores you walk in. It's, that's when you step foot across that threshold, that's the kingdom of heaven has just entered the room. And, and you are not a thermostat, you're a, thermo a thermometer, you're a thermostat. You set the temperature of what's in that room. You walk into the room and you look and say, Lord, what are you doing here while I'm getting my bread? Because I have the bread of life. I'm to preach it now. <laughs> but like that's, that's the mindset that needs to shift. We can't get stuck in the mundane. And that's a little bit of the heartbeat of, you know, we, we can't keep doing the same that we've been doing. It's time. It's time to do something different. It's time to touch our city. It's time to show up. And if you're waiting, we'll, we'll land on this. A nice little, I'll do a Blake nugget right at the end. If you're waiting for the church to build a ministry for you to show up as an outlet for your giftings, you'll be waiting a long time. You are the church. You're not waiting. I, I, I wrote it like this. The church institution will not do this for you guys. You are the ministers. You are the ministry. Given the ministry of reconciliation. Our job is to equip you. Our job is to train you, to activate you, to breathe life into you, to throw fire on your, on your, on your or gasoline on your fire and water on your fears, to believe in you more than you believe in yourself, to, to raise you up and train you to hear from the Lord, to how to walk this journey of reigning in life, to come into alignment, because we have to come through this experience of transformation so that we can then be, release a transformative uh, 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 experience to culture. That's our job. Our job is to train you to do the work of the ministry. The ministry is reconciliation. It's time we get about it. It's time we get about the ministry of reconciliation. It's time we get about changing the world. We have been called to change the world. Release what you have. Give away what you have. You don't need permission. If you need permission from me, if you need permission from us, on behalf of Bethel, as the associate leader at Bethel Atlanta, I give you permission to go be the church. I give you permission to show up in your environment and release the love of God. I ask one thing, that you go on the journey 
of becoming like him. And that we have given our lives and become followers to him. It's not enough to be a Christian. Lance Wallnau said this years ago. It's not enough just to be a Christian. We have to experience the transformative power and walk in the spirit. For the kingdom of heaven does not exist in words but in power. That has to take place in our life. So that's, that's my ask. But let's do it. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Why don't you guys stand? Thanks for hanging long. The time is now that the water gets deeper the further away it goes. Put out your hands. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for calling us up. We thank you for calling us out. Lord, please never stop. Never stop with your plumb line showing us where we need to adjust and how we become more like you, walk more like you, think more like you. Lord, I, I call us to, to a, 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 a mission or a mandate to be with you, that we would sit with you and experience you, encounter you. Lord, I just release a grace even from the house, an activation to go Make disciples of all nations, casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead. That the world would say, they who came and turned the world upside down have come here too, about us. Lord, I just release a shift, a grace for a shift even in the atmosphere. That the time is now, the time is now to start. The time is now to release the kingdom that... that, that, that Everywhere we touch, everything would come to life. And that we wouldn't stop and become a pond soaking up the salt. But that we would be moving in rivers of living water in the flow. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We bless what you're doing, what you've done this year. And, Lord, we look forward to what you're doing next year. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.